What's the warm up today, coach? I only know the ones I've shown you so far. I don't know, some tongue twisters, just red leather, yellow leather. Oh, God, this again. Red leather, yellow leather. Red, red leather, yellow. <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Make Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And this week, I made Zach watch a horror movie. What did we watch, Zach? 28 Days Later. Yes. Yeah. A movie that I am not nearly as familiar with as our last two movies, but I do love. (laughs) This one was great. Yeah. It's got our boy answer to last week last week's question go killian murphy hell yeah killian murphy the scarecrow himself he is the best and he's <laughs> scarier than anything we've seen so far fair <laughs> he <laughs> murdered so many people uh-huh it's great yep uh, yep that happened <laughs> like, I, like i said love killian murphy he's just the best he's the best I, i've never seen him be bad in the, i've still never seen peaky blinders though I've never seen him be bad in anything I've seen, though. I mean, to be fair, I'd like just binged the first season like a week ago because oh, okay. I had the flu and I just. F- I feel a little less bad now. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things I was like, yeah, I should watch that. I and know. just never got around. It's on my list. I'm a terrible Irish person. I haven't watched Peaky Same. Blinders. Same. I feel like I got I got a rep for my boy Killian. <laughs> Is he Irish? He's he's very Irish. Oh. <laughs> well, I like him even more now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish boys. <laughs> also, um, I'm really bad at character names and sometimes actor names. So oftentimes, I will probably just refer to the actors by the characters I know them most as from other movies. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who you could be talking about, Doctor Who, Scarecrow, Doctor Who. Okay, Mad Eye Mooney, Money Penny. <laughs> Wait, he was Mad Eye Moody. Donald Gleason's Mad Eye Mooney. Yeah, what? P- picture him with an eye patch. Oh my god! <laughs> what? I feel like I'm so happy I get to share this with you. What? <laughs> Let me make sure I'm right now. Um, no, I mean Brendan Gleason, not Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason is his son. His son is a uh, um from Star Wars, the Ginger. The bad guy. Oh, yeah, that's also Harry Potter. Yes, yeah, oh. he's a Weasley. Yeah, um, Hux, General yes, Hux. Thank you. Um, <laughs> man, now I'm even more sad that he died. <laughs> Spoilers. They're watching the episode talking about it. <laughs> it's your fault if you don't want spoilers. <laughs> Why are you listening to this? <laughs> you uh, you should really uh, rethink your priorities, guys. If you're like, what's, they're spoiling the whole movie at the very beginning. Man. Zombies. This, uh. <laughs> this movie just got all the more amazing. Killing Murphy. Harry Potter. Okay, yeah, he is Mad-Eye Mooney. I have okay. to double check. I was like, really nervous for a minute. Uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Doctor Who. Who is the girl? Well, you um, keep saying her name, but I don't know what's that for, what that's from. Uh, she's like the, the Gail Friday of James Bond. And in oh, Skyfall, right. she's like the badass like other agent who like works with him. 
never seen James Bond movies, so I'm a big James Bond fan. I know they're like horrible and like regressive and misogynistic, <laughs> but especially the the Daniel Craig ones are really good. <laughs> Haven't seen one just like horror movies. All right, well they're going on the list. So. <laughs> There's one or two that are almost horror movies. So <laughs> one of them features Christopher Walken as an evil uh, Nazi experiment. What? In a role that was written for David Bowie. What? But they couldn't get him, so they got uh, Christopher Walken instead. <laughs> That's such a leap. Oh, David Bowie. Who could fill that role? If, if, if you look up A View to a Kill, Christopher Walken, you'll be like, oh, yeah, no, they dressed him like David Bowie. <laughs> Weren't we going to talk about 28 Days yeah, Later? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really love James Bond. Uh, so 28 Days Later, directed by one of my favorite directors, Danny Boyle. Uh, are you familiar with his work mm. at all? Uh, he probably still most well known for train spotting. I would oh. say uh, he won an Academy Award for Slumdog Millionaire. Hmm. And just this year, he put out Yesterday, which I still haven't seen. So super British everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Slumdog Millionaire's set in India. Oh. I mean, all his other movies are super British. Like, yeah, I mean, ultimate he, he, he's very British. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> all right. More importantly, I jumped right into Are You Familiar with Danny Boyle? Are you familiar with zombie movies, Zach? Oh, I am all about zombies. All right. I've, I was obsessed with zombie video games. I read The Walking Dead before it was a show, watched ah, the so show good. up until like whatever umpteenth season they're on. I gave up <laughs> at a certain point. But I quit after like season three. I think I was on like season seven, season six, something like that. But zombies, all about them. Do you have a favorite zombie movie? Or have you stayed largely away from the movies and more I, in like most, other media? Mostly movies I haven't really seen. I mean, I've seen Night of the Living Dead or else we would have watched that right. one yes. for Foundational. <laughs> um, I can't really think of any zombie movies. I mean, a lot of people count like uh, Evil Dead because they're kind of zombies. The Deadites. Mm, I wouldn't call that a zombie movie. That's more like supernatural monsters. Right. Well, but maybe they're supernatural. They get lumped in there in the same uh, way that a lot of people actually controversially. Would not count uh, 28 Days Later as a zombie movie. I think even mm -hmm. Danny Boyle himself has said that he doesn't think of it as a zombie movie. He thinks of it as um, a post-apocalyptic infection film. Yeah. The way I feel about that argument of like, is a zombie movie or not, is like, I don't have any zombies. feelings. <laughs> I don't have any feelings on it. If you want to call it a zombie movie, yeah. close enough. If you don't, yeah. close enough. Well, especially like, I think this movie draws and actually doing some research found out it definitely does draws a lot on Romero's uh, original dead trilogy mm. for, you know, night of the living dead, dawn of the dead and day of the dead. I think it draws on day the most, mm. which is great for me because that's my favorite uh, George Romero zombie movie and my second favorite Romero movie. Which one's that? It's the one where they're trapped in a military base with crazy soldiers. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think I've only seen Night of the Living Dead, so that's we, fair. We could That's add those at a certain point. Uh, we definitely should. <laughs> I most people lean towards Dawn of the Dead. I love Day of the Dead. Mm. I think tonally, though, this movie borrows a lot from it. Mm. Um, so 
you're not familiar with Danny Boyle mm-hmm. too much. Um, this movie was written by Alex Garland, who's actually now a fairly well-respected director himself. He just um, last year released Annihilation, and his mm. movie before that was Ex Machina. I still need to see that. Me too. I haven't seen either of them. I'm like such a bad nerd. <laughs> and they both have the boy, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, General Hux. I, I was going to say. It all ties together. Bring it all back around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one I've been meaning to see. But we're here to talk about 20 Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, this movie's got like real pedigree. Uh Danny Boyle and Alex Garland had actually worked on a movie just before this based on one of Alex Garland's book called The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. It was a huge flop, but they loved working together. Yeah. And so apparently post writing the movie, Alex Garland just went and played Resident Evil for like three Mm. weeks straight and then came to Danny Boyle and was like, what if zombies, but they run? And then they sat down and wrote this movie. <laughs> that's that's one thing that I will say as someone who has been so like engrossed in the zombies and zombie culture and everything like this was the most different take on zombies I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it actually probably leans a little closer to something like um, Romero, one of Romero's like like middle of the road movies that a lot of people don't realize he made the original version of is The Crazies, mm. which is where even in the remake i believe it's still you don't die you just get infected and go yeah. nuts. so I, again it all ties back to romero when it comes yeah. to zombies oh yeah definitely <laughs> i mean um you're not familiar with video games i know resident evil a little bit i'm the right age for it i had a playstation <laughs> <laughs> but i'm talking about call of duty zombies oh no i don't really care um, about <laughs> fun fact I'm bad at it <laughs> there was a black ops yeah i think it was black ops one there's a map where uh sarah michelle geller um what? <laughs> uh he's on walking dead oh michael oh, michael Rooker. michael Rooker, him yeah. uh freddy krueger the guy uh robert england, robert england my boy and one other guy i can't remember who they were the playable characters uh, and uh, like like just them or their characters no it's like them like That's so they played themselves and, and <laughs> the there's a because the whole thing is george romero's directing a zombie movie with all of them in it oh that's genius. and but then the call of duty like zombies and the lore and stuff the actual zombies come and they grab george romero and he's like this boss that w- walks around with a giant like film camera that he'll smack you with what so he becomes a zombie yeah he's a zombie he's a giant zombie that's great um and like you play as them and you have to fight (laughs) him it's so cool that sounds amazing it it is amazing (laughs) yeah zombie video games i could talk about all day (laughs) we should do a special episode i'm just saying Mm -hmm. i'd be down yeah like horror and other media yes I think that would be really interesting, especially in games. It's become such a like a big oh, part yeah. of it. That's where my expertise comes I in. Know, I know. I'm I was excited. A, I was a stupid teenager <laughs> that played way too many scary games. And I'm bad at video games, so I normally don't play them. Subscribe <laughs> to us on Twitch. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, Zach makes Matt play scary video games. It's going to be a good time. But 28 days later. <laughs> 28 days later is when we're streaming video games. So so they start developing this movie and apparently they actually really Alex Garland said he really did look back at Romero's movies and looked at what the themes of those were. And without copying them overtly, you can definitely see like, yeah, I 
I know a lot of people laugh at it, but what is it that uh, George Lucas said about like the prequels and the original trilogy where he's like, they're not the same, but they rhyme. It's kind of that thing. Like there's, you know, Dawn of the Dead opens with like the raid through an apartment building. This movie opens with a raid through an apartment building. You know, uh, when Killian Murphy gets out of the hospital. Say something else is George Lucas. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we should have uh, Yoda be all 3D, because um, I hate Frank Oz, apparently, <laughs> and I don't want him to uh, have to come to set. <laughs> have I never done my Lucas for you, man? I don't think so. Uh, Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve, what if uh, what if we gave Han Solo a whip? Would you watch that movie? We could call it Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's how I like to imagine all George Lucas pitch meetings. It's hey, hey, what if uh, it's it's not a space adventure. It's it's a soap opera. It's a family soap opera, but in space. <laughs> That's how I would have done it. You tuned in to hear us talk about Twenty Eight Days Later. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that George Lucas impressions are important. Yes, I I agree. Obviously, <laughs> I've been working on mine for thirty years. <laughs> and I've been working on mine for two seconds now. <laughs> Listening to you. Well, you nailed it. So, <laughs> thank you. But what were you saying? <laughs> uh, so they start developing this movie, and they manage to get it funded as an independent film because, like I said, they had just come off of what was supposed to be their big Hollywood break that wound up being kind of. Not like the worst performing movie ever, but it was really expensive. And I think it like just barely made back its budget, even with Leonardo DiCaprio. That so, was the crazy or no. Uh the beach. The I beach. It's called. Yeah. I have not seen it. The craziest um, was the Romero. Yeah, that's okay. the Romero one. Sorry. I'm jumping all over the place. Uh <laughs> I'm just bad at names. <laughs> so they start developing this movie and they manage to get Eight million for it. It goes on to make eighty-seven million, so it winds up a huge hit that completely like revitalizes their careers. Um, and so they figure out like, hey, how can we make this movie for eight million dollars when we need like shots of London shut down and mm. handheld running through the streets, but we can't afford a steady cam? They literally just like got like some like higher rate dv cameras but mostly like if you look at the footage they've got like early digital camcorders and i i think danny boyle is also maybe like the only person who really uses digital and doesn't want it to look like film and i think mm. that makes his movies look so much more interesting that uh, that was my only beef with this movie <laughs> is i wish it was made today or like 10 years later with the same cast same everything just <laughs> with better technology oh, i love the way this movie looks i i don't know what it is but but like two that early 2000s like digital i just I, don't like the look of I, it. I think he and michael mann are probably the only people who like in, in a way similar to the way that like something like into the spider verse looks amazing because it has no interest in looking like um traditional animation yeah. they're like well let's look at the weaknesses of a computer and use those to our advantage mm. i think danny boyle really does that in this movie there's that shot where they're driving past the flowers and the four because of the depth of field clarity that you get with like or those early digital cameras everything can almost become flat and it looks like a painting see and i love it 
for me when it's done right for me like that just looked like a windows live movie maker preset that that's I'm just fair. like you're not wrong uh, <laughs> i don't like that because I mean, I'm also like a professional video editor. So I know, I that know. Stuff is just like, Ugh. but it's it's also that thing of what what's I, I just like that he said, "What's the point of me trying to do an impression of film mm. with these cheap cameras? Yeah. That's gonna look bad. Yeah. I should lean into yeah, kind of the cheapness of this camera and like yeah. like like when he's standing in the field, just like he thinks he's been left in his nightmare mm-hmm. and everything is flat. It's just this flat expanse of green, and he's all alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. even if it doesn't look I, good, it looks more interesting than if they just shot it traditionally. Yeah. I like the idea of that. It's just like, especially I, there was. um, it, It's the early days of it. I mean, if you look at like yeah, Slumdog yeah. Millionaire, it looks incredible and he's yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Because um, there is <laughs> there is this editing <laughs> trick in the early 2000s that drove me insane. And it was they use it a lot in trailers where it was like oh it's going slow but then the second something suspenseful happens it like quick cuts and flashes there's like flashing and like this weird like slow digital slow-mo that doesn't look right (laughs) and it just reminds me of um the holly berry catwoman movie too oh don't be mean (laughs) well that 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 like editing is just like oh it drives me insane it drives me insane. I get it. See, I think it works in this movie, though. I mean, yeah, like, like it, it's this it, is it, the same. He, he's a smart enough director. He does it, all of these things with intent. So even yeah. like when other people do them, they feel cheap. When Danny Boyle does them, it's like, oh, art. Yeah. Like, well, like for, it, it's the same reason why, like, I didn't like like the Blair Witch. Like, mm-hmm. it's just because I'm watching this today and not when it came out. That's fair. I did see this. Not when it came out, but like two years later. So maybe I have like a, a little bit of nostalgic affection yeah. for what it looked like when I was 15. Yeah. Because the like, world was like. Because <laughs> I'm looking at these with fresh eyes. Yeah. That like. Like, the, like that digital smoke. <laughs> oh, my God. When they were pulling up to the where the military guys were and there was just smoke and it was all digital and it wasn't like perspectively matched yeah. at all. It was you could tell it was literally just like. A smoke effect. Eight million dollar budget. On. Eight million dollar budget in 2000, 2001 when they were filming this. I am not super familiar with the techno technological. <laughs> it looks um, bad. Just say it. It looks real bad. Oh no! I already said that it does look bad, but I'm not familiar with the technological uh, capabilities of like 2000. Well, like video editing wise so i don't know how right much it, of an excuse like the budget is for like effects like that i think for that kind of stuff where they clearly hadn't planned on inserting that smoke mm. it and then you just go oh we can just put it in with the computer later that that's still an issue now you see that happen all the time in rune effects in movies because yeah. they didn't like relight for it yeah. they didn't put anything to like bounce the light back onto the actors they didn't you know, when a wall breaks in a Michael Bay movie, there's nothing crumbling behind anyone. Like mm-hmm. no dirt gets on them. Mm-hmm. Like you can always tell yeah. when they didn't plan for it. That's not what we planned for. Uh, yeah. Somebody just said, you know, we could put some smoke in here. It'd look real cool. And Tanny Boyle was like, yeah, right. Like, go for it. Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm just like, is it because 
this is an old movie or should they have known better? <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> I, like, uh, I'll give you that one. Yeah. It looked really bad yeah. in a way that's like, I mean, Lord of the Rings came out like two years before that. That Ooh. movie looks great. Like, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> I didn't know that. That hurts. Yeah. Ooh. I think Lord of the Rings. Oh, probably actually probably about the same time. The first. One. Yeah. So. Uh all right, but let's hop into the plot of the movie now that we've uh-huh. talked about digital photography. <laughs> hey, man, the general audience probably doesn't care about this stuff. But I uh, want to invent a digital camera for filming my uh, laser sword films. <laughs> I mean, that's who he got them from was Lucas. So it all comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you seen uh, those <laughs> those old-fashioned samurai movies? I'm a big fan. Nobody tell Akira Kurosawa that I'm making this movie. He'll know. <laughs> <laughs> He'll sue. He'll, he'll come at me. <laughs> One of those swords. I can't take him. He's clear. Everyone is tougher than me. I was going to say he's tougher than me, but Steve, Steve, help me. <laughs> These laser swords aren't real. <laughs> they won't protect me. Ray Park, will you help me? <laughs> You're my only hope. <laughs> Ray Park, a national treasure. Uh, All right. So the plot of 28, so the plot days, of 28 later. days later. <laughs> Opening the movie with uh, man's hubris torturing those animals. Yeah, when... Because, like, pretty much every single one of these movies, we're going into it with me having no idea about anything <laughs> of it. So when it opens on, like, monkeys, I'm like, what the <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what it's, do we- it's literally, I think, the only zombie movie with an explanation for the zombies, right? I mean... No, that doesn't sound right. Where do they come from in Night of the Living Dead? I, I mean, not, that's the I mean... Where do they come from in Walking Dead? Okay, I don't have explanations, but I'm saying it doesn't <laughs> sound right. It, it's, it's like, there's got to be a movie that explains it. Normally they're just like, I don't know, they're here, everyone's afraid. Like, mm. that. it's like one of the only genres where you can be like, we don't need to see what happened before, just show this happening now. Yeah. But yeah, so infected monkeys. <laughs> monkeys. Maybe that's why they, they don't normally put it in movies, because... It works in the movie. It sounds silly when we're saying it out loud right now. Yeah, so there, there's a monkey looking at some stuff, and then he got mad. Yeah. And then he bit somebody, and that's how you got zombies. That was that was one thing. Because uh, now I'm kind of seeing why you shouldn't explain it, because now I'm thinking back at that scene, and he's like, what are they infected with? They're infected with rage. Rage. <laughs> I, is that a scientific term for the virus? It's also, I, mean, I guess it's still not entirely clear because some people have said like, oh, it's literally just them torturing these monkeys and showing them these videos. Clockwork Orange style gave them this disease. But that's not how diseases work. Yeah. So I don't know. So I guess we don't know. And like how... How would a psychological thing get transferred through yeah. your blood? The biggest question is in like the, the second or third scene of this movie, they're like, it already traveled to New York. How? Well, you get infected within seconds. Everyone would know they would not let you on that plane. <laughs> yeah. And also the guy at the end was like, there's no way. How, how would it travel across the water? 
they're probably watching Simpsons right now. <laughs> so I'm like, did it? Did it? I don't jump? think it did. If I'm not mistaken, I think the second one is literally Americans showing up to like help. So maybe not. Mm. I have not seen the sequel to this. Uh, so is Killian Murphy in it? No, no one comes back. Then even no the writer point. and director don't come back for it. Then there's no one. Yeah, Killian. I Mur- heard it's still very good. I no Killian Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a reason I skipped it. It's because <laughs> it's not gonna open on a shot of Killian Murphy's dick. So what's the point? That's another thing that was like, what? Because it just I, cut to I him. had really blocked that out. <laughs> how much of naked Killian Murphy we see in this movie? Because <laughs> it cuts from like angry monkeys eating people to oh, there's nude yeah. Killian Murphy just chilling. <laughs> like, All right, and you said you're a Walking Dead fan. Did you yeah. notice that yep. they opened the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. craziest thing? Robert Kirkman has had to talk about it. Yeah, because um, 28 Days Later came out in 2002 in the UK. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out until summer 2003 in America. Mm-hmm. So he has had to go on record and say, like, yeah, and my book came out in like a, like October 2003, the first issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I work in comics. They were yeah. already working on issue three by the time that movie came out in June. Yeah. So he's like, it's just parallel thinking. Like, I literally had no way to know yeah. because I don't live in England. I, I was like when that scene was unfolding, I was literally waiting for like a horse to right. show up. But like, what a great way. I can see why everyone who's making zombie stuff now is like, I mean, how do we get them to wake up not knowing what's happening? Yeah, I mean, that's the perfect way to like, yeah, explain what has happened to the audience. You need a character that needs that. Yeah, explaining exactly. To. And those scenes of him walking through London are terrifying. Yeah, Matt. I've been waiting to ask you this whole time how they do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, very fun. In the same way that I said, like, Blair Witch Project couldn't happen anytime but 1999, yeah. this movie couldn't happen anytime but before September 2001. Oh. Because um, they were literally filming, like, up until, like, October 2nd or something in 2001. Mm-hmm. And they said it's a good thing we got all these shots first because there's no way they would have let us shut down the street. So they would wake up every morning at like 3 a.m. And because they had digital cameras, they could shoot so quick. Yeah. That's why those those ones are definitely shot on just like handheld camcorders. Mm. If you look at the quality of the footage. Which like you don't really notice because everything's just like what is that? And it's so striking. It it makes it scarier because that's just like how we see the world. Yeah. Especially like right then. Yeah. Um, But. They would literally get up at like 3 a.m., go like figure out where they were going to shoot. And they had permission. And by 4 a.m., the sun would be coming up. So they would block off the street, shoot those shots in like 30 minutes and then leave. Mm. And they just did that for like a week. Mm. But because they had digital cameras, they didn't have to inconvenience anyone. Like Mm. most people aren't commuting by 5 a.m. when they would be shooting. So they could just be like, hey, can you just back your car up? We're shutting down this road. Mm. and like even like the bus is like just drop that bus on its side with a crane pick it back up take it out they did it all in like an hour that's cool yeah it's all it, it's it's awesome yeah because like the whole time i was just like because i only knew about the shot of walking in the bridge and you see big bend and stuff yeah i didn't know it went on for that long in so many different locations right. and the whole time how like, do you even wait do that? what like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's nuts yeah especially with like that low of a budget yeah you can't build sets like that literally i mean like now they wouldn't let them shut down a street for that long for that low of a budget yeah well, but I mean, right then 
and because they could get it done in like 20 minutes yeah yeah and and like now you would just build a set on a green screen like avengers right. well i was just like the other movie that has it, it's very striking visually is probably like i am legend and like the empty mm. overgrown new york but that's all just digital and you yeah. can tell yeah you know it, it you, you can feel that this like happened yeah and we exist in a post 2001 world so a lot of that imagery really upsetting <laughs> like what like um well i mean just the empty streets all the mm. debris blowing around oh yeah the the missing person signs ah uh, damn that's all stuff that i remember seeing on the news when i was like 13 so. yeah man yeah it's nuts Ooh. and they had no way of knowing uh <laughs> i mean i know that note is like depressing and stuff but yeah this is why this podcast is fun. It's well, all the like. It's it's just further evidence that horror is art, and it lets us exercise our fears. Yeah. In a, in a in a healthy, safe way. Yeah. That I think a lot of people don't appreciate, even some horror fans who are like dicks about it. You know. Yeah, like I. That's why any any creativity art thing. I hate it when people minimize it. Like especially me as an animator. Like saying animations. Oh, that's just for kids. Or like. Horror yeah. is just like for psychopaths, like saying comic books when you mean superheroes. Yeah, you know, it's it's people, a problem. <laughs> I feel like we say this every every single episode, but people suck. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are the worst. But this movie they couldn't write off, and it became a huge hit. Mm-hmm. It's super critically successful. You know, it uh, was was this like Killian Murphy's big break? This is what broke him to wind up like being able to like wind up in Batman movies. Yeah. <sighs> So. I think he'd like been on like the BBC and stuff before then, mm. but this opened him up to a whole new audience. This took um, Brendan Gleeson from just being another character actor mm. to like, oh, we know who Brendan Gleeson is. He's yeah. Mad Eye Mooney, you know. Yeah. It sounds dumb, but like this movie being a huge hit means should we put him in Harry Potter? Yeah. Like the next year. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> yeah. He's one of he's the second most perfect piece of casting behind behind Snape. <laughs> Man. Do Snape. Do Snape impression. I've got one. Do it. Open your books to page 273. Mr. Potter. (laughs) Ronald Weasley. (laughs) It's Levion Song. (laughs) Oh, Levion Song. (laughs) Oh. So 28 days later. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> is how long is it going to take us get to get back to this movie? Uh, <laughs> yep. But from there, he winds up meeting the other survivors. Um, they do a really good job, smartly establishing just how bleak things are for them by immediately killing off what they set up as the central three. Yeah, like they kill one of them off. Yeah, which I liked. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's. You you don't done. see that this early in a horror movie normally. Yeah, or just so. any movie. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, cause I think it was, it was just long enough to make it seem like he was an important character instead of like, oh, that's obviously the character they're going to kill off. Well, he's the only one who has any development cause she, yeah. he, cause Killian is so closed off and money penny is so closed off and he's like, no, I lost my family. Don't you understand? Nothing is okay. And yeah. then they kill him. Yeah. Like, and like, not only that, but they show like, no, you got to kill how, these dudes yeah, quick. It's brutal. Yeah machetes machete has <laughs> <laughs> jason Voorhees on him man i mean there wouldn't be no zombies 
Right. <laughs> they all be gone. I mean, isn't Jason like a zombie himself? Later on, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it is. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm excited to watch. We'll it, watch though. some of those. Don't worry. I love those movies. So. Um, yeah. You will watch those and be like, you know, Matt, when you earlier when you said horror should be art. <laughs> and then you made me watch these movies. <laughs> hey, that hockey mask machete is iconic. It's true. It's true. That's art. <laughs> um, so they kill that dude, which that that was. I don't know if it's the only, but it was the most memorable part where I was like, "Man, that sucks." Yeah. When he finds his parents and reads that note, where it's oh. like, "Oh." We're sleeping with you now. Please don't wake up. <sighs> oh, no. Yeah, because they just assumed he wouldn't make it. Yeah. And it was just like... It, oh, th- this movie, better than I think almost any other zombie movie, really makes you feel like the toll that would take on the world. Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. Because like mostly it's like, oh, everything sucks. It, we got to survive. It's like, oh, right. I'm Norman Reedus. I got a crossbow. Let's no, not talk things. bad about... About Darryl. No, no, Daryl's great. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's it's like that mentality of like we gotta yeah, survive. Yeah. But this one is like, man, everybody's having a hard time with it. Right. <laughs> but then I like that. Then from there, they run into to Brendan Gleeson and his daughter, mm-hmm. and he has just adjusted. Yeah. So he's just like normal about it. Yeah, I like that. Oh, hey, great. No, we we have people over for dinner. Let's no get the good wine, get the good glasses. I think I think that's why I really <laughs> like this movie because I'm so accustomed to like Walking Dead. Like when you see a guy when they come across a uh, people and it's like a guy in a SWAT gear and stuff. You, it's like a new commune of people that they have right. to get adjusted to, and then something goes wrong. But with this, it was like I was waiting for that to happen, and they come in, and then. The big old dude with the SWAT gear comes in and he takes his like helmet off. He's like, hello, what's going on? (laughs) Well, I think it was um, cracked when they would used to have their video channel on YouTube when they were they would review The Walking Dead. They're like, no one is enjoying the apocalypse or like just adjusted to it. Yeah, that's what like legitimately makes. um, uh, he, He swings around Lucille. What's his name? uh negan negan so awesome is he's like no i just adjusted to this i'm built for this why wouldn't i enjoy myself that's what makes him such a great bad guy compared to somebody like like any of the bag like big bads from the earlier seasons who were like i don't know how to deal with this world and so i've become a monster negan's just like hey hey, man i will hit you in the head if you don't listen to me but if you listen to me it's everything's gonna be fine and then we'll get along great and then even when you do listen to me i'm still gonna get you in the head who knows? <laughs> but I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and and it really works for this movie because you just like all of them after that point. Because they yeah. all get he like rubs off on them being there's this weird streak of optimism throughout the movie mm-hmm. that I think is is actually present in Romero's films, but a lot of zombie movies forget it and only focus on the bleakest aspects of things. That's another reason why I really like this, because like I liked these people. Yeah, the girl went and she was all like oh i get i don't care if it's your brother you gotta kill him like before he turns and and then like that was one thing i wish like there they showed a little bit more of her turning from that into like oh everything's great it does happen kind of quick 
Yeah. But like I buy it Mo- yeah. mostly because her performance is so good. Yeah. Like I'm glad it happened. Like I, I just wish there was a little bit more, but I'm glad it happened. And I was enjoying all of them being a nice little right. family. Right. Like when their family road trip. Yeah. Their family road trip. And like when uh, they all take those pills to like sleep when they're outside and like, yeah, he wakes up killing Murphy and he's like, you're just having a nightmare. And he's like, thanks dad. I was like, Oh, uh, and you, the second he says like, thanks dad. You're like, Oh, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> like one scene from now and then it does. Uh, Most upsetting part of this movie for me. Cause I love Brendan Gleeson so much when he gets turned, it doesn't come from a big action set piece yeah. or crazy violence that this movie does have plenty of Mm -hmm. it just comes from this simple little mistake he makes yeah and he just doesn't want to hurt his kid yeah so he white fangs her (laughs) no stay away (laughs) uh and he's mad i'm moody (sighs) i know i know i'm sorry i shouldn't have told you (laughs) Uh, my heart but he plays it so well, especially his like changing the physicality they give to the zombies is great. And I think he actually sells it mm. so well. Yeah. The yeah. like the idea of turning where like other people like just already are zombies, but to watch someone turn. And not only that, <sighs> but he had to turn like being aggressive in a trying to save his daughter to sort of way into the zombie yeah. sort of aggressive. And he did that physically it, so well. It's just an acting masterclass. Yeah. He's so good. He's so underrated. Even in this, I feel like I don't hear people talk about how good he is. Yeah. People just talk about like, Oh, that last act man where it goes nuts, mm. which it does. But like that scene is just, it's why this movie is foundational yeah. like it's why everyone has kind of been ripping this movie off since it came out yeah yeah because it, it shows it shows the side of zombies that like people don't really show yeah yeah i love it it's so good and then out of nowhere doctor who yeah the military guys that they've been looking for show up kill burnt zombie gleason and take them in and they actually kind of make you think for a minute it might be okay you know when because I was like, oh, military, they probably have like some compound or something. And then they go to the house and it's, it's like, just a house. Oh, oh, it's Doctor Who. That's kind of cool. And then it sinks in. It's like, wait, it's only military guys and it's only guys. And yeah. they just showed up with two girls. This is something gonna bad's going to well. happen. Yeah. This but you don't think it's going to be as bad as it turns. Oh, my God. It went <laughs> when he's literally just like, yeah, I've just decided that I'm going to kidnap these women and let everyone uh hurt them horribly yeah uh so trigger warning it gets dark from here on out yeah if you can't listen that's okay we don't blame you Mm -hmm. skip ahead a little ways yeah (laughs) as things get real dark here at the end about a specific subject so yeah uh or we can just say that part sucks. Uh huh. You know what? That's good. I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. And but super realistic. That would probably happen in like a, that setting. Yes. So it makes sense that it happened I, in the movie. I do love that there's the one sergeant who uh, is trying who to. Malekith the Accursed just keeps hating. Yeah. Uh, sorry. He's going to be Malekith from Thor for me. 
not Doctor Who. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Matt. That's, why are you bringing up the Dark World? Because <laughs> I'm the only one who can probably name. I just told you the name of the villain from the Dark World. Matt, can you name you, him? Why do you remember the villain? Because he's better in the comics. Um, <laughs> we're going back to 28 days later we're not talking about this one so the 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 sergeant the malekith keeps hating <laughs> um turns out he hates him because he's a good person who's like been pushing back against his horrible plan mm-hmm. the whole time and he sacrifices himself to save killian murphy yeah so and that's, that's pretty great. cool and then again killian... weird streak of optimism yeah and then Killian Murphy, Murphy turns into a slasher film villain. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. He's like, and it's not only like, whoa, he's like got a good plan. He's smiling at it when yeah. he kills one of but them. Narratively, they make it make sense because it becomes about yeah. how, you know, it would be easy for this movie to say violence is always wrong and we should never, ever, mm-hmm. you know, sink to anyone's level. And instead, this movie says, like, no, these guys when are people dicks. are that bad. Yeah. You have to push them out. Yeah. Which is also something you don't see in movies a lot. What really got me was he's letting these zombies in. They're getting them. Yeah. But then when the guy who's scared runs into Killian Murphy with it, when Killian Murphy just stabs him with a yeah. knife, I was like, oh, yeah. And then, and then directly <laughs> after that, he runs into a wall and like opens the wall and goes in. How did he know that was there? I mean, I assume that all old houses have secret passageways. But it's so. like this one, this wall specifically, I know. Yeah, I do feel like there <laughs> must be like a deleted scene that was just like, oh, and we have all of these places in the house where we can hide from Doctor Who just being like, mm, and here's where we hide when the yeah. zombies break in. And that's how we knew and blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm not complaining <laughs> about it, but I'm just like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> And then he drops in on the guy from the roof. That is a brutal effect, too, when he kills the guy by squeezing in through his eyes. But they Game of Thrones style. But normally they just kind of like either don't show it or it's just like, oh, there's a little bit of blood around their thumbs. This is like they must have built a prosthetic head or something. Oh, his hands are in it. Oh, Matt, you haven't seen Game of Thrones. That I season have. you've seen. I've seen the clips, <laughs> but that that one was. I oof. know. That, that that's what i was thinking of the whole time i was like oh i'm having flashbacks yeah i just meant normally like it's yeah i'm trying to think of a i think they do it in like one of like the michael myers movies mm-hmm. one of the halloweens he does that to somebody but it's literally just hands over a head and blood yeah you don't normally see like no no i'm gonna crush it like, <laughs> I'm <gonna> crush it <laughs> hell yeah i'm gonna wreck it and then i really like that like he was so far gone into killing all these dudes that she was like oh god he's a zombie but then weird streak of optimism that took more than a second yeah because she said to him earlier i won't hesitate yeah. one second to kill you and you're like, oh, well, that's nice. And then high out of her mind, Hannah comes in <laughs> with a bottle and just smashed. Hannah's the best. She, she don't give no fucks. She's pretty great in that last act. <laughs> she's like, I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. Oh, and then she feeds Doctor Who to a zombie. Yeah. <sighs> the zombie that Doctor Who is like, I want to see how, yeah. how long that guy takes a star. Yeah. <laughs> Which came back in the end because you see the zombies mm-hmm. starving i was that, like, like oh, things that's are cool. starting to clear up okay did you know where mm-hmm. the movie ends that wasn't where it was supposed to end mm-hmm. 
It was literally supposed to end when they crash into the fence and you don't know if they make it. And then it cuts to 28 days later. That was literally how it ended. That was supposed to be, as you said, title card. Oh. That was supposed to be a title card. That was supposed to be a title card. But I know that Alex Garland and Danny Boyle were never happy with it. It was yeah. just, that's what makes sense. We're out of money. <laughs> and it is kind of thematically appropriate. That's how a lot of these kinds of movies end. Yeah. On like kind of the down note. And then when they took it to the studio who wound up purchasing it, the studio was like, ah, man, just feels like a weird place to end it. And yeah. like, I mean, if you give us like 10,000 more dollars, we could film a new ending. And that's also why smartest thing they could have done. That part shot on film. Yeah. That's why it looks so different. It feels warmer. Yeah. And like more expansive. That's cool. Because it's a happy ending. Yeah. And it's the only part they shot on film. That's cool. Yeah. I, that might have ruined the movie for me if it ended there because not only did it that would have been a weird place to end it it ended on a super 2000s like <sighs> freeze frame that i was like what why <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if it would have ended with a freeze frame or if it would have just been them hitting the fence and driving off you know uh but the this movie has an optimism to it that I'm yeah. like, I'm so glad they made it. Yeah. Which I can't say for most horror movies. <laughs> Especially Blair Witch Project. Right. Like if they then cut to like them, like on a news interview, like, and that's how we survived the Blair Witch. You'd be like, I don't care that you survived. They should have ended it earlier. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why I felt like with the Blair Witch, they needed that. Oh, this ending's weird. Here's like $10,000. Go like... They tried it. I told you. It looked bad, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so glad I liked this movie because the last episode, I was like, <laughs> I just want to stop talking about this movie. I know. I don't, I and know then why. all the technical difficulties because you know what? Huh? We haven't had any technical difficulties. The curse of the Blair Witch. Knock on wood. <laughs> the curse of the Blair Witch has been lifted by the blessing of Killian Murphy. <laughs> Thank you, Papa Killian. <laughs> yes. That's happy. Now, on a happy note, I actually don't have to read any like uh, mean reviews this time. All the reviews were just good. Yeah. All the reviews were like solid movie. Good job, Danny Boyle. Yeah. It holds like an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, like a 7.3 on Metacritic. It's it's solid. Not perfect, just solid. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to think of anything else about this movie that's really, really interesting. I just It's just a good movie. Everybody go watch it. Yeah, like I can't say it enough. Like as someone who has consumed way too much like zombies media and like this was a very refreshing like take on zombies. And yeah. Like, whether you think they're zombies or, or not, like, it was very different, and I liked it. <laughs> and it's, like, because, like, that was one thing I was worried about before watching it. I was, like, is it going to be, like, something weird, and I'm going to be, like, uh... Right. Because, like, like, I Am Legend, that was kind of, like, weird. I like that movie, but it's also, it suffers from the, the John Carter thing that that movie suffered from everything stole from the books that those movies those mm. movies are based on so then when you make the movie based on that book it's like oh yeah but i saw that in star wars oh yeah but i saw that in night of the living dead yeah it oh. feels like you're just ripping off the people who ripped you off <laughs> don't do that <laughs> don't do it don't tell anybody about john carter 
and the princess of Mars. Don't tell anyone that I'm just doing that. <laughs> Steve, Steve, don't tell on me. Steve. Don't tell Akira. <laughs> or just Kira. <laughs> Not Akira. <laughs> don't tell him either. <laughs> that anime. <laughs> it'll get you. <laughs> Uh, um, I do have bad, horrible news, though. What? I don't know if I can tie this to Quentin Tarantino, man. I oh. mean, I, okay, I, I can like play like telephone with it, but I can't just like find a fun way to be like, did you know he loves this movie or something? He probably does, but I'm th- I'm thinking as hard as I can right now. I mean, I can do like six degrees of Tarantino if you want me to, pretty easy. But you know what? Huh. This movie, Fast Zombies, different take on zombies. I did think about that. You know what another movie is? World War Z. Oh. Brad Pitt was in that movie. You know what Brad Pitt was in? Two Tarantino movies. See, and you said different take on zombies, and I was going to be like, yeah, Planet Terror. (laughs) He's in it. I don't know what that is. It's uh, the half of Grand House that Robert Rodriguez directed. That's why I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm going to make you watch some Robert Rodriguez movies, man. They're good. Didn't he do Spy Kids? He did. Yes, I've seen those. (laughs) The first one's a good movie. Oh, I loved all three growing up. The first one's a good movie. The second one has Steve Buscemi as a crazy scientist and there's stop motion animation. Skeletons. You also just described Armageddon. And that's also not a good movie. (laughs) Hey, man. Stop motion animation skeletons no i I like all the spy kids movies (laughs) just the first one is like oh that's like a legitimately good movie and the other ones are just fun but it's one of those movies that like i loved as a kid but looking back i'm like why did i like that it's it's a weird movie it's a very unappealing aesthetic like the super digital like green screen look of a lot of it like it the first one didn't have that much but the second and third one had so much it's it's this tough thing with sorry this is now a robert rodriguez podcast it's this tough thing with rodriguez because he runs away from the studio system right after spy like during the first spy kids he Mm. also is working on sin city he wants frank miller to be credited as co-director because he's on set every day and he's Mm. literally just copying his panels so the director's guild says no so he leaves the director's guild which means he has to make all of his movies on his own which he does now Mm. up until this just this year when he made uh battle angel alita he went back to hollywood just because he loves james cameron Mm. so he literally for like all the spy kids sequels and like sin city those are like literally like shot in a studio he built in his backyard what i love that 28 days later episode we're talking about spy kids (laughs) we're a fantastic podcast and doing george lucas we we demand to be taken seriously this is our podcast and we won't have it. This is a this is a family soap opera podcast. <laughs> tell him, Steve, tell him. <laughs> Wait, what does Steven Spielberg sound like? Just a guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just a he's guy. Normal, like, like, there's like a George Lucas impression you can do. There's not really a like Spielberg is more the look. Yeah, Lucas looks really normal, and Spielberg looks like Spielberg, and then Lucas sounds nice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love Chewbacca. Um, I really wanted to explore his family. 
And that's why we have the Christmas special. <laughs> you know, back to the family soap opera. Because <laughs> that's what Star Wars is. That's what's yes. You the, made like crazy Lucas eyes when you said that. You got crazy real into Lucas it. eyes. <laughs> if we had episode title names, that would be the name of this episode. Crazy Lucas eyes. Which twenty nine or twenty eight days later, they had crazy eyes. They were all George Lucas. <sighs> it was all CGI mocap work. We couldn't tie it to Tarantino, but we tied it to George Lucas. We tied it to Tarantino in two ways. Come on. <laughs> also, just side note, propos of nothing. I love the Danny Boyle, who I associate with all these like intense thrillers and like horror movies and like hard sci-fi like Sunshine. He got a he got approved to direct the next James Bond movie, and I was super stoked. And instead, he left it, and he made a charming British romantic comedy about the music of the Beatles. Oh, he for did. yesterday. He left James Bond for yesterday. <laughs> I don't think he left it for yesterday. They said there were creative differences, but instead of making a James Bond movie, he wound up making Yesterday. That's awesome. You know, from the director of Twenty Eight Days Later comes Yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> and it just makes me weirdly happy. Yeah, that is pretty great. <laughs> instead, he was like. I just want to do something really nice. Well, um, <laughs> didn't uh, Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. he left some big movie to do Baby Driver. I forget what it oh, was. Um, he didn't, again, he didn't leave to do it. It's, yeah, it was He like, was supposed to do Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Which he, that bums me out so hard because he had literally been developing that movie for like 10 years. Yeah. <sighs> Like, I remember being in high school when they were like, oh, we're going to make an Iron Man movie at that Comic-Con that year. Mm -hmm. And it was in, like, Wizard Magazine. They were talking about it. They literally announced three movies. They said, we're going to make Iron Man. We're going to make Black Panther. And Edgar Wright is the first director we've signed, and he wants to make Ant-Man. That's how long ago he started developing that movie. Man. And then Marvel was like, oh, but you got to put in all the Avengers stuff. And he was like, I don't want to. (laughs) So he quit. I guess he said... um, I really wanted to make a Marvel movie, but Marvel didn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie. Um, he said there's like no hard feelings. Like I know he's like friends with Taika Waititi and stuff. Yeah. So he just said like it just wasn't for me. I mean, I assume which I respect. I assume everybody who's met Taika Waititi is his friend, right? So. <laughs> hey, <Zip> buddy, <laughs> how's it going? Can we watch that movie too? <laughs> I'm sorry. We should just do a month that's just like Matt and Zach watch regular movies. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything else you uh, want to talk about with 28 Days Later? Killian Murphy's great. He is. He's the best. He's the scarecrow. I liked his... Uh, they incepted him. They what? He's an inception. He's the one they're incepting. Oh. Yeah. I he's didn't... the guy they're planting the idea in, in Inception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to like remember. I was like, wait, he was? Because uh, he's so good at being like American that I forget that he's in right. some movies because right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was him. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm I the things I really love him for is when he's like super, super heavy accent. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. All right. So that'll do it for us here. At Matt makes Zach watch horror movies. Thanks for listening. Follow us on everything. We'll have it in the description. Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can always find me at I Draw Paintings on just about everything or on my Facebook page, Matt Mears. And you can find me at Zach Shirk on everything. All right. I think that'll be just about do it for us here at Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. 
Oh, what are we watching next week? Oh, next week, continuing our theme of foundational horror, perhaps the ultimate foundational for horror, we're going to watch another John Carpenter classic, Halloween. Yeah. The 78 one. So if you want to watch along, don't watch the new one. Yeah. Or the Rob Zombie one. There's a lot of movies just called Halloween. But we're watching the original. The one. original one. <laughs> yeah.